to Born to Be Resilience show episode four. I'm your host, Aisha Ikram, transformational coach for professionals and entrepreneurs. I help them being in tune with their inner resilience that everyone is born with. As being a professional and entrepreneur myself, I know firsthand how it is to understand and respond appropriately to our emotions. Otherwise, it can start affecting all areas of our lives, our relationships, communication skills, work-life balance. And before you know it, it feels like you don't seem to have enough resilience to manage your personal or professional life, right? My mission through these episodes um, and by going live on my timeline is to help you changing this and to help you experiencing life as a daily choice of emotional clarity through understanding how your thoughts work, right? Everything that we do, we experience by the power of thought. We've discussed that many times. So how your thought works and not only that, how you can create a simple and powerful strategy that can help you creating insightful actions using your own wisdom. The purpose of these lives is not to give you new or more information, but to help you utilizing your existing information that you know you deeply inherit, you innately know, but sometimes this uh, you know wisdom or this information sort of gets buried down in excessive thinking. So I uh, am on a mission to change this for you. And to fulfill this mission, I work behind the scenes to ensure that I bring on board guest speakers who are expert in their fields. So I, you know, I work with uh, global coaches, you know, the team of global coaches from, and then, you know, I invite them so they can discuss various topics around resilience. Because resilience, you know, so to speak, is, is a big umbrella term. There's so many things, so many uh, emotions that come under resilience. So today I'm very excited to talk about um, a very sensitive and hard to speak subject, which is how to deal with loss, grief, and depression. And to help me uh, deliver today's um, live, I am very excited to invite a, a very uh, powerful coach and a beautiful sister from Belgium, uh, Lala Sisse. She is going to help us understanding how we can be with grief, loss, and depression. And a little bit about Lala. So who is she? She's a mentor for women who want to heal from trials and endure in their lives. Lala knows as a wife and a mother of two beautiful children how hard life can be sometimes. She has been a widow for years. She had to learn how to cope mentally, emotionally, and financially subhanAllah with all the challenges on her way. Once she figured it all out, she realized that she was not the only one struggling in life. In those dark moments, only faith and hope made her strong and she also realized that people were not always around her to stand by her that's how her mission was born so as i read this to you i mean i really have goosebumps how amazing is that you know imagine you being in that situation and uh, how uh, you know how would you deal with that but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knew that she was able to deal with that so she was she was put in that situation god would never ever put you in a situation that you're never able to heal so through her mission now sister lala helps other women 
to heal and overcome all mentally and emotionally. Going from gaining self-confidence, dealing with grief and loss, and overcoming depression and handling anxiety, she also has started self-empowered Muslim Academy in order to help and assist women. And she has also figured in Amalia Magazine. Please join me welcoming today's guest, Sister Lala Sisek from Belgium. Assalamualaikum. Subhanallah, amazing to have you there, sis. Thank you. So, Subhanallah, beautiful bio, and I love your story. I would like you to share a little bit of your story in your own words with readers, with the listeners, and viewers. Yes, with pleasure. Actually, my uh, story, my soul journey, started seven years ago. Uh, almost seven years ago when I lost my husband. So for me, it was a life-changing experience because at the moment, I had to face difficult situations and trials that I thought I couldn't face. And from the moment I was alone with my children, then I realized that this is for real. Because all these years, I've been taking together with my husband, we've been making together plans. Uh, for the future, we thinking we're going to get uh, all together, we're going to travel together. So this time, reality was there. So I really had to face what I was going through. And at the moment, I didn't have time to face it. I didn't want to face it because I was overwhelmed by um, all kinds of situations I had to arrange. I had to take care of the social emotional health of my children. I had to take care of my house. I didn't know what to do with the house, to sell it or to keep it. I had to take care of my work that I used to do. I had to take care of a lot of things. So I didn't have time for myself to heal properly and to take a look uh, inside myself. So uh, it was more like the journey of my children that started. What I didn't know was the fact that um, the real healing started with yourself. As a mother or father, when you lost someone, you still have to be complete. When you're not complete, your children can heal because you are reflecting what's inside of you. That's the very maturity. Subhanallah. What was I mean? Everything that you shared is you know it's so heart touching. And when you say you didn't let yourself heal properly, when did you realize that you need to start your healing journey? I realized this when. I was more calm when I started to gain clarity in my head, when I detached myself from the society, when I did detaching. Um, I always felt like a program robot, uh, like a robot doing things all the time, 24 hours. When you program, I have this story. Thank you. It's okay. So I didn't have time actually to look inside myself and uh, I felt like a moment everything was going fast. I didn't have time really. And then I started to think, okay, now it's the moment to quit my job that I was doing. I was working in the financial sector. Uh, I stopped completely. Then uh, I started to work on myself. And then the mind started to diminish. You know, the chatter you have in the mind started to diminish. And then I started to work on myself when I Try, you know, when I felt the feeling, okay, now I'm being a little bit serene, I've been serene, uh, feeling inside myself, now it's time. 
Subhanallah. And how did that help you? You know, I having loud mind chatter, it's, it becomes difficult in terms of managing your own emotions. And when it's difficult to managing your own emotions, it becomes even more difficult to, you know, fulfill other duties, religious duties, your you know, spirituality, you, you know, are you as being a parent, that can affect that as well. So how did that affect other areas of your life? How it affects the mind shadow is the fact that I was uh, being anxious, I was uh, being really paranoid, thinking things were happening around me while they weren't happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I started to um, be really negative, you know, putting myself in a, a dark place and thinking that uh, the world was against me. I started to have a symptom of depression. And um, I had to do something about it, of course, because my children were reflecting what was inside of me. So I started journaling. And journaling helped me really. Actually, I'm still journaling because I now have a great coach uh, who's helping me uh, with my journaling because I love journaling and also it reflects what's inside of you. And uh, then you can see when, when you write something, uh, everything what's inside your head, you write it on paper without judgment, then you gain more clarity on the situation where you are. I love the word that you use without judgment because what seems to happen is before someone else start judging us we start the judgmental process by judging ourselves so this is amazing that you mentioned that and for those who are listening they might be going through some sort of trial loss grief or they might be finding it difficult to overcome depression what would you suggest to those people to talk to someone first, someone they trust, uh, someone who's dear to them without judgment, uh, someone where they can pour out this situation story, and uh, especially have tawakul, knowing that Allah subhanahu wa knows that you can handle the situation, otherwise he would have never put you in situation. Mm-hmm. But it's really important to know that, okay, I can handle the situation, and that's okay. It has been written, it's my decree is covered, I can handle it. From the moment you have this inside yourself, it's you can handle it. You can even write it on a paper and put it everywhere you can see. It immediately gives you force. And what I also would recommend is looking through our books, the Quran, stories of the prophets, the great prophets, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu all the prophets. They have been through everything. He lost his wife Khadija, his children, his, his, uh, he didn't see his parents, he was an orphan. That's a great, great example for us. And that's something that, you know, we have everything in our deen. Our deen is our medicine. It is a medicine of our soul. Going back into the Quran, the habits, profound and looking examples of people who are in the same situation as you and to such a great power. I want to make one distinction here because I I know a lot of people who struggle with that and, and you know at some point in my life I have I may have been guilty of the same thing that when we think when we are in a situation which is very difficult to handle and we think about you know prophets and you know uh, those who had higher status in Islam, we think that, okay, those guys had higher level of spirituality, so they are able to deal with that. But then at the same time, I'm reminded of, you know, the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he never ever puts a soul in a situation that he or she is not able to handle. So just by reminding that to ourselves, it replenishes and refreshes our iman. 
So I'm really, really grateful, uh, you know, to you that you sort of reminded us of that uh, spirituality. And going back to your spirituality helps us a lot. It's a core. And I actually want to talk about your article in Amalia magazine. I was blown away by your story. And Subhanallah, you have royal background. Exactly. <laughs> so I would like you to, if that's yeah. okay with you, then you can yeah. talk about that, share that with uh, those who are listening to us yeah. today. So uh, my father is a descendant of uh, the empire of Mali and of empire of Sujata Keita, as you see. So uh, my ancestors were Egyptians from Aswan, and they immigrated in Mauritania, Mali, Senegal, part of Ghana, the Ivoricus, and they formed there the empire. And now, at the moment, those countries are all Republic countries, countries with a president. Wow. So, because of the colonization of the French people, everything fell down, but we still have our title of uh, Prince and Princess. SubhanAllah. So your yeah. title is still, you know, give yes. me a point of princess. That's my official SubhanAllah. So does that mean yeah. that you have those royal treatments as well? Um, we used to have these royal treatments, but what I liked about my parents is the fact that they educated ourselves really modest, you know? Uh, of course, we have to be good, alhamdulillah, but we have to be mothers, you know, because when we're going to die, we're all going to leave everything here in this dunya. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks into our hearts, and that's why we see from our parents the fact that we are all equal. When we're going to be standing in front of Allah, even a king, or a slave, or someone normal, or we're all the same in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's what I like about my parents' education they gave me is always rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the real king is Allah. Subhanallah, mm. that is so true because you can, you know, it's so easy to forget about these things when you have a lavish lifestyle and when you have a big title. You know, people seem to sort of often forget and they sort of seem to think from their ego head rather than thinking from their intellectual mind or from their spiritual side. So this is really touch, you know, touching and um, quite nice of you to share that with us. Um, so what I wanted to check with you is how, what was the most defining moment of your personal development in your life? The most defining moment was the fact that um, we will always work on ourselves. In the world, live versus us. That's a defining moment. That every day is a new day to start over again and to work on yourself. And that we have to be open to work on ourselves because when you, you know, life, you have to take responsibility. If you want, you can act, you know, you can say, okay, I'm the master of my own boat, I'm the captain of my boat, I'm going to do something about my life. Or you put yourself, aside as a victim so you have two choices otherwise you accept life how it is and try to take the best out of life and work on how to make it better and accepting that's from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and when you accept it it's not going to be you're not going to feel it as like a burden but more like a blessing when you don't accept it and you tell yourself all the time why how come no and then you see more as a burden the trial are actually blessings that we don't see. And that's something that we have to think about. 
you know it's reminding me of a beautiful metaphor and that is that everyone and everything that we see around us it has gone through some sort of transformation it has gone through some sort of change and change and transformation when that creation of god goes through that transformation it's painful it's it hurts a lot for example larva before it becomes a beautiful butterfly it goes through a painful process before it can actually open the shell and outgrow from that shell but if we as human beings if we see that creature of god in that much pain we might just open the interior of the shell but if we tear up the shell of that larva it would never have strong enough wings to fly ஒரு If you are thinking that God is actually punishing you now to the law instead of testing you or seeing that you have the ability to deal with that your reality will become as you know trial instead of you know uh, holding your head high and saying yes actually I can deal with that you know Allah is with me and depending on people's um faith system because some of my viewers are non-muslims and you know even them everybody that i have actually come across one that they believe on some sort of higher power who sort of help them especially in times when things don't seem to work the way they want to work so this is this is really amazing that you know you sort of share that inner work is never ending never and have you always felt that even when you were you know dealing with with the loss of your husband no no i haven't because i thought like in a few years everything's gonna be better when i do this next step i'm gonna feel better you know i always thought like this but i never knew that inner work has to be something that keeps going on mm-hmm. um me myself i'm a coach but i also have a coach and my coach she told me that it's really important to know that inner work keeps continuing it's just something beautiful that i have never thought about it I always thought you had some some certain level that it's not no it's continuous like everything changes like like um babies are getting born you know uh, people are dying that's just oh yeah that's the world and everything changes everything so it's a work that you keep doing on yourself there is no stop can't stop we continue that's true and you made such a beautiful distinction you are a coach and you have a coach being a coach doesn't make us immune of things you know that we deal with and and also seeking a coaching uh, you know journey or having a coach doesn't mean you have a problem coaching can be a remedial solution you know but to help you with dealing uh, with things that you are finding it difficult but at the same time it's an amazing opportunity to create something you know an amazing work opportunity or you know to have something in your life that you would find it difficult to do it on your own so th- your journey becomes a lot quicker and smoother shorter yeah. so that's that's amazing that you shared that uh, with the viewers so and i wanted to say that you know there are lots of statistics in especially in UK because i work in the national health system as well you know and i and i am also a coach but what i notice is that 
a lot of time women tend to be affected more with mental health conditions depression and anxiety but there are a lot of unreported cases where male also go through these similar emotions and actually they experience it on a much higher level but they have stigma to report that have you experienced something similar in, in your coaching area what i can see is that uh, in society where we live they make um, a distinction of course between men and women but the men or more people see men like resistant strong it's an image that the society has created that a man can talk about his feelings, that he has to be strong. When something happened, he hurts himself. No, don't cry, there's no time to cry. You have to deal with it and be strong and fight back. And women have more the opportunity to express their feelings. And I think there is a big work on that too. The, how can we help? By educating our own children, by talking to our boys and telling that they're equal to our daughters and telling them that it's okay to feel bad and talk about it, you know, to reverse the image that society has put into themselves, you know, the programs, to deprogram the mind of our children and tell them it's okay to be human because when you, for example, I love uh, the story of Prophet Yusuf alayhi salam, Isfara Yaqub, alayhi salam, wasn't afraid of crying. He cried for years because of his son, because his son wasn't here anymore. He cried. He was not afraid, but he cried to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but he cried. And it's okay to cry because Allah didn't punish him for the fact that he cried. What happened? He gave his son back, his son came back, and he gave his side back. So crying is okay. But yeah. you can't cry when you're with a wrong person. You have to do it. No to pour out your feelings when you're surrounded by good people around you. But it's, it's okay to show your emotions. What I'm trying to tell in the story of Prophet Yaqub is the fact that it's okay as a man to express your feelings. There's nothing wrong with it. Even yes. the Prophet Muhammad yes. so, Yeah, on, on the loss of his son, he yeah. was really devastated on the loss of his uh, wife, Khadija. May you know, Allah be pleased with her. He was devastated. That was actually the year of sadness before he was, uh, you know, uh, taken to heaven by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So yeah, I mean, human beings are they're fragile, right? And you know, and prophets even they have been given a lot more, um, you know, responsibilities and a lot more uh, patience. Their level of patience into daily life's trials and turbulence has been a lot. But then at the same time, their struggles have been a lot more as well, right? So this is why they were able to handle it more gracefully. But at the same time, you know, we are able to handle things gracefully as well, knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in charge. This is tawakkal, as you said earlier, right? And this is knowing. That's where, when I say that, you know, going back to your inner self, we as human beings, deep down inside us, we know that our connection with our Creator is is the only thing that can save us when things don't seem to work okay. Yeah, and and I really. Yeah, and I really love your point, and it hit home with me as well that the first education starts from your home. You can teach your children. You can teach your, you know, if you don't have children, if you have younger brothers and sisters, tell them it's okay. It's okay to feel your emotions. What's not okay is to brush them under the carpet and try to act strong when actually things may not work out the way you want to work out.
and and not to sort of you know linger on your emotions because when you hibernate your emotions it sort of backfires sooner or later and it keeps on you know showing and manifesting in other areas of our life the relationship may suffer our health and well-being may start to you know suffer there are a lot of cases where mental health starts to affect our physical health so, so this is very important to uh, sort of deal with these kind of emotions and what would you say to someone who actually i mean there comes a point and sometimes people say you know what it, I don't know my life seems to be in this situation there's one problem after another what do you say to someone like that it's really simple tahajjud right before fajr it's a moment before fajr you may pray tahajjud because you find you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends from the heaven and you have to really believe that Allah is always there for you anytime so you have to make a statement to your head that Allah is there and all this uh, so the, the problems you know that I had to encounter there was one solution which was always praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala my mom always reminded me when I have a situation pray to Allah do you want to pray and the tahajjud and while you're putting your head on the ground subhanallah you feel immediately the connection so strong and you feel you can tell anything there is no judgment and subhanallah when you really do it when you pray the hajjah to people gradually you start to wake up you have you will have your answers you will have definite answer of the situation that you face subhanallah we have a comment a couple of comments um uh brother abdur 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 sorry it's in arabic so i can't really read it properly um this is a good good topic yeah and Aisha says she says very interesting actually it's so cool has this i hope you're enjoying it if you have any question feel free to ask and Halima is saying that yes that's the key to success subhanallah i mean it, the message that you're sharing is it seems to be resonating with a lot of people and that's that's amazing right i actually And the reason I'm asking this is because there are a lot of time every time I go live people sort of send me questions and I do invite them to come in and ask live questions because then you can answer them or I can answer them and if they if it resonates with them then you know it sort of solves the problem but sometimes people come and ask me that you know when they are praying the mind seems to keep on wandering from one place to another yeah. right that, what do you think that's normal because when you means normal because our mind is made, made like this to think all the time so Allah subhanahu knows how he created us so I would say don't be too strong on yourself well yeah, there are different tools that I use and I share also with um, the sisters I'm working with is the fact that you have to be conscious of the prayer for example knowing that for example Dhabar is at 1, Asr is at 6, Maghrib or Aisha time to pray or have a certain time being aware of the times of prayers when you're aware five minutes before the Adhan you make really your niyyah while making your wudu and being conscious like okay I'm gonna meet, meet my Lord my creator I'm gonna pray and my carpet is my ticket to Jannah really telling yourself that and even you can even at my place where I live now um, I've created special room for my praying with candles with the hood like you know creating this atmosphere of praying you know creating this little magic inside your house and 
from the moment you hear the azan, just force yourself, get up. Even you're thinking, I have to do this, I have to go. And something that might help is writing down everything what's in your head right before you start praying. For example, I still have to cook, I have to check a children homework, I have to apply for a job, I have to do this. Write it right before your salah and leave it on a paper to meet your Lord. That's you don't want to rush. You don't want to rush, and and you're reminding me. I had I had a. I mean, I have a very good friend who she says, and this my mom also shares similar kind of values. She says that you know we get ready and we beautify ourselves if we are going to meet someone special. How about when you're going to meet the Lord of the heaven and the earth, who have created everything and has given you direct access? to see him, speak to him. Well, we can't really see him the way Allah SWT wants us to see. So the best thing we can do is we can imagine. Or the next best possible thing that I'm reminded by my coach is to imagine Allah SWT is seeing you. Imagine if a royal person sees us, we become so conscious and we want to make sure that we are at our best behavior. And this is out of respect and love and humility. And it's just a reminder because, and what I also often say to my clients is that our thoughts are transient. The more you think about a particular thought, the more similar thoughts you attract towards your mind. So if in a prayer, if your mind seems to wonder, just remind yourself, bring yourself back into the present moment and you will be connected to God. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that us being human beings, we have this weakness that our mind wanders from one place to another place. And the more we try to fight with this, that's when the distraction happens. So I love your, you know, all of your examples. And Halima is saying that she's, I think, talking about your Tahajjud point, that Tahajjud will brighten up your life. Only the Almighty knows what you think. SubhanAllah, this is amazing, yes. And she says that your day should be scheduled on the prayers time. Yes, instead of scheduling our life, our prayers around the life, scheduling prayers around the you know, um, around their lifestyle is the way to go forward. And I have another, you know, amazing friend who loves shopping. But you know what? Every time she would go to shop, I used to tell her that I don't want to miss my prayer. And she yeah. said, I have a special, you know, prayer point in every shopping mall. So don't worry, you won't miss your prayers. <laughs> no, that's amazing. It reminds me of my sister who always, when we were together, it's time to pray Asr, let's go home when we do park in the garden. My youngest sister is always looking up this where we can pray Asr. And the other sister is always waking up us up, you know, for Fajr or the Hajjud. Yeah. And she's actually the Hajjud soldier. She's always calling us, it's time to pray. And then, so it's really like a motivating yourself when you have someone you need to WhatsApp group uh, with people around you. And, you know, take turns and call yourself, it's also motivating. An army of motivators all around you. That's why it's it's so important, you know. Have a good company around you, and, and especially when you're going through. And it's on spiritual note, but the same thing applies on any person's development. When your spirituality is at the highest level, everything else seems to fall into place. And this exactly. is why I. Everything that I share, it has to come through from a spiritual perspective because that's the highest level of commitment. You know, when you're committed with God, all your affairs would be, you know, 
And if you are going through tough time, if you're going through depression, if you're going through anxiety, having those around you who sort of cheers you up and say that, you know what, sometimes we can't see that the life is going to be okay, but other people around us, they sort of remind us. They become our cheerleaders. So it's amazing that you know you have sisters and you have relatives who sort of remind you uh, about your prayer timings. I don't see that you need a reminder, but you know they're there to remind you. <laughs> really, alhamdulillah. You know, we always, human being, we need a reminder. We have to, you know, like we pray salah, we need to pray five times. It's reminding ourselves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's reminding ourselves that life, there is more than this material life around us. And at least, you know, subhanAllah, when you have this connection with Allah, when you put Allah first, even within a step, for example, you have someone who can never prays, and suddenly that person starts to pray, it's okay. Just one prayer, and then you can build it up. You will see that, subhanAllah, all doors will open. When Allah, God is a creation, He's the creator, He's our essence, He's everything. He's everything. When you put Him first, He will open everything for you. He will protect you. He will test you, of course, because that's, we're not in Jannah, we're in Dunya. That's normal. We have to accept that this life is Dunya. And Allah is everything. That's something of all the trials I've encountered, the loss of my father, of my brother a few years ago, of my husband, uh, of a child also that I had. SubhanAllah. Something that reminds Allah. God knows we can handle this, even if but it's okay to pour out your emotions, to cry, to feel it, and also to take time to heal. You have to take time to heal. It's true. And, and, and on the subject of healing, I think it's very important to address that because sometimes we, and I've noticed that with a lot of uh, clients as well, that they seem to think that when you have a mental wound, it's very difficult to heal from that. You know, it's very difficult to bounce back. But the thing that I, you know, share with them, and, and I'm sure you agree with that, is there is a natural innate healing system within us. The only time healing becomes difficult is when we prevent the healing process, when we block it by saying that it's not possible, or when we keep on going back and reliving that, you know, painful memory. When you said it's okay to cry, obviously you're dealing with a, a loss of your loved one a loss of your child right so it's so it's painful you're going actively dealing with that thing and it's okay to you know to cry about it and you know and but it's not okay it's to start complaining you know and start ripping your clothes and you know all these things that you know you see when you see in the movies and stuff and then and and there is a hadith of Muhammad peace be upon him that you know, there were some women who started crying and then they're beating their chest. They started beating their chest and Prophet said, it's okay to cry, you know, go through your emotions, but it's not okay. It's just start torturing yourself, you know, start, you know, I'm paraphrasing this hadith, but you know, the, the, the subject uh, deals with that is it's okay. We as human beings, you know, we have all these experiences, but the only time healing process becomes difficult is when we actually prevent it by not allowing ourselves to go through these emotions smoothly. SubhanAllah, because when it reminds when I lost the baby that I had, SubhanAllah, I didn't want to work on my emotions. I just thought I have to be strong. That's it. I'm not supposed to cry for a few no, I just have to be strong. But then those emotions they kept, they were inside me, they were building, building. And suddenly I exploded and I said, No, I need to work on myself. And 
it's really important. Sometimes you can't eat. It's like you're blind. You're walking somewhere. But you know, it's really important to take action. Even the action is really small. Mm. Now, that will be the opening of something great. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to tie our camel. Doesn't mean that we just have to tie our camel and that's it. No. That's true. We have to take action. We're ready to have what we want. Right. We have quite a few people uh, watching this, guys. If you have any questions uh, on the subject of how to deal with loss, grief, and overcome depression, please feel free to ask. Um, Sister Lala or myself will try our best to answer that. Um, and if you guys want to ask something anonymously, you can always just pop a message and write down that it's anonymous and we'll try and answer that as well. So that's really amazing. And I also want to share one more thing, which uh, before I forget, because I think this can benefit to a lot of people. You know how we have our physical bonuses, you know? Sometimes, let's say you cut your finger, there's a minor cut, you know, it stops bleeding. And we wipe the, the blood and we put some antiseptic wipes on it and we clean it and we let it heal. But what happens if we start going back and start, you know, itching our scab? You know, taking off our scalp, it would prevent the healing process of that wound. Similarly, when I was saying earlier that our emotional wounds, we prevent the healing by keep on going back into that event and start thinking, thinking, thinking about that thing. That's when it stops or slows down the healing process. So, when our thoughts come and go, they come and go like clouds. We think that we have to do something with our thoughts. If we, even if we don't do anything with our thoughts, eventually the painful memories of the you know event is slowly fades away because that's what Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala has created us on this principle that there is always natural healing inside you. Because if this would not be possible, then what would those people do who don't have access to a therapist or a psychologist or a coach? There are hundreds and thousands of people who live in, you know, underdevelopment countries, in villages. That doesn't mean they are unhappy people. And it just means that they are solely relying on their own innate health and well-being system. And they believe on that. And a lot of poor people, this is why, I don't know, I'm very fascinated with that. That, you know, some people you see, they seem like they don't seem to have enough, but they have bigger smile. Right? So, subhanAllah, this is really beautiful. Have so important to have the work call. Right, so I can talk for England here, and I'm sure you can too, but <laughs> we are moving out to town. So, would you like to give any parting advice to our listeners and viewers today? Yes, the parting advice that I would like to give is to not to be too hard on yourself. Um, and knowing that you're just a human being that you're always going to make mistakes and accepting the fact that um, the situation you're going through that you can handle it because Allah subhanahu made it possible for you so you can handle it but you have to be brave and courageous to take a step even the step is going to be small you really have to take a step and this little step will be a great opening inshallah another thing I would like to have is the salah, the prayer, the tahajjud, it's something miraculous. Try to pray, to ask, to talk to Allah, make it to us. Because He can make something impossible possible for you. But you have to believe, you really believe that it can happen. 
So that's what I want to share. Thank you so much for your your advice. And Subhanallah, um, feel free to please feel free to leave your details here in the comments below so we can share it afterwards. And inshallah, I'll speak to you later. Thank you so much. Inshallah. Welcome, sister. Assalamu alaikum. So viewers, I cannot thank enough to uh, you know Sister Lala for uh, sharing her expert advice on acknowledging your pain, sorrow, and grief. It doesn't make you weak. You are allowed to feel mental pain just like your physical pain, because that's what makes us human beings. But if you brush them under the carpet, you may prevent your own natural healing process. You know, I did share the example of wound, but I would really like you to see it insightfully because once you allow the natural healing uh, for your mental wound as well as your physical wound, you don't have to dwell on your painful emotions. But if you're actively dealing with sadness and grief, it's okay to go through these emotions. Um, we are human beings. And on that note, I love you and leave you. Don't forget to share your takeaways and also share it with others so they can benefit from that as well. And um, please feel free to connect with Sister Lala um, and she will leave her details in the comments below. And don't forget to join us next week for another amazing interview with another uh, guest speaker. He's a brother and I'm not going to share further details because you know I don't like to spoil the fun. So stay tuned, stay happy, healthy and wealthy. And again, I also have another amazing announcement. I am going to go live with another amazing sister from USA today for announcing our live event in London. So if you are interested in into your personal development, into your total transformation, um, then you know, stay tuned. We will be back in about 14 years. Right now it's 20 to 5. So yeah, about in about 20 minutes time. Um, so yeah, I will see you guys again until next time. May peace, love and blessing be upon you. Stay happy and healthy and take care. Good love. This is Aisha. Assalamu alaikum.